Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Another fantastic open from Mario Ruiz. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll go till 8 o'clock tonight on Lakers Talk. Brad Turner of the LA Times is going to uh, join us here in about a half hour or so. we got a lot to get into. I want to spend some time talking about yesterday's loss, obviously, to the Pelicans. The significance of that loss, how it's been uh, – it's a picture that we've seen played out so many different times this year, so we'll obviously get into that. Um, The real question now is, are the Lakers – how close are they to not making the playing tournament where we could potentially be sitting here two weeks from now and the season is over? We'll spend some time on that. Uh, Got some good news and some bad news on the injury front for the Lakers um, on LeBron James and Anthony Davis. We – Got a little bit of an update a little bit earlier today, so we'll get into that as well. And, of course, we'll uh, continue to um, talk about Lakers basketball, this upcoming schedule that we have, and just the challenges in front of the Lakers. I I want to start off last night's game. So last night's game, last night's game was, it, it wasn't that much different than what we've seen a lot this year. Last night's game was a microcosm of the Lakers in a nutshell where you might see a team play really good for a half or or play really good for a couple of quarters and then have a quarter that ends a game or have a half that, you know, it's just obviously it almost seems like a completely different team. And the Lakers last night, as much as I wanted to be incredibly angry and incredibly disappointed and incredibly surprised and shocked and how can they hap- how can this happen again? How can they allow this? I I don't think I have those feelings and emotions anymore. At least I don't have them on a more consistent basis. And I don't have them because this is who they are. I've watched the Lakers this year. Every single game from the preseason to where we're sitting now, with only eight games left, by the way, I've got a chance to see who they are on a night-in, night-out basis. If they were a really good team and they blew a 23-point lead to the Pelicans – and this has not happened yet this year, or maybe it was just one outlier that it's happened at some point this season, then I'd probably be a lot more ticked off, I guess you can say. But the reality for the Lakers, yesterday was a really, really big game. Now, some people might argue, Alan, what are you talking about a really big game? They're fighting for ninth or 10th spot or the playing tournament. Do you really have big games when you're that far back in the standings, you're that far back from first place? Yeah, I think you do. I think for the Lakers, you know, we watched them over the last week or so, and we tried making a case that their last four games, that they're playing better basketball. They're 2-2 two and two and, you know, had a couple nice road wins, and they fought well against the Philadelphia 76ers without Braun. He was out with his knee soreness and um, kind of add that component to that bad loss they had against the Wizards, but you felt like they played three or four good quarters, that we were starting to get a little bit of momentum for the Lakers. And then the game yesterday, the hype around the game against the Pelicans, this was a must-win game for the Lakers. After the game against the Sixers, you heard players talking about it, coaching staff talking about it. Um, We were all keeping an eye out for the Spurs-Pelicans game on Saturday. 
uh, it actually made more sense. If the Pelicans won that game, that actually helped the Lakers because it gives a little separation between them and the Spurs. And now it's just really more a matter of are you going to be the ninth or the tenth seed? Uh, but instead, the Spurs won that game by four. So a lot of hype to yesterday's game. If the Lakers won, um, the tiebreaker is still up in the air. If the Pelicans won, they not only game a, gain a game in the standings, but then they get the tiebreaker. So there's a lot riding on the game. Brandon Ingram comes back. He ha- hasn't been there in uh, 10 games. They went 4-6 and six to the Pelicans. Game starts. Got to like the way the Lakers start. It's 12 to nothing. They come out and they punch first. Game progresses. Okay. Looking pretty good. By the end of the first quarter, um, Lakers uh, sitting with an eight-point lead. Then the second quarter starts. LeBron has his ankle injury, um, rolls his ankle. I think it was his left ankle that he rolls. And now the question is, okay, hey, is LeBron going to play? Is he going to be himself? Is he going to continue to stay in the game? Can he stay in the game? Well, as the game progresses, you know that he can. Uh, Ended up with 39 points and uh, played 42 minutes for the Lakers. At halftime, you're up 20. At one point, you're up 23. And yes, I don't know about you guys, I did think the Lakers had the game. Now, I, I shouldn't fall into this trap. Why Why should I fall into this trap? The Lakers have had five different instances this year where they blew, I think it was four or five, where they blew a 15-point lead or more. Um, they've had 14 different uh, instances this year where they blew a double-digit lead. And they ended up losing those games. And we know the Lakers. Lakers, they've also been in games where they never had a lead at any moment and lost by 25 or 30 or 15 or 18 or whatever the case is. But I did think at halftime that the Lakers, based on a little bit of momentum that you felt like they built over the last four games, based a little bit on um, a game that you felt was so critical and so important, that they looked like they were they looked like they were in a good position. Second half starts, and before you blink the Lakers get outscored 41 to 25 that the Pelicans put up more points in that third quarter 41 than the Lakers did in the entire second half Lakers had 39 points in the second half only 14 points in that fourth quarter so obviously the Lakers absolutely collapsed it's a microcosm of the season like I mentioned they've blown leads versus bad teams multiple times this year and you know, wherever you want to put the Pelicans, when you're 10 games, 11 games, 12 games below 500, you're considered a bad team. By the way, the Lakers are 12 games below 500. They're considered a bad team. But you're obviously fighting with this Pelicans team um, as far as your, as far as the uh, playing tournament goes and the ninth spot, 10th spot. Are you going to have a home game? Or are you not going to have a home game? I guess you just can't be mad when it's happened so many times. That is who the Lakers are. And it wasn't that much different last night against the Pelicans. And certainly the game was frustrating. Certainly you you know, you know you, you wanted to win the game. But the Lakers have almost trained us in the sense that no lead is safe. You never know what can happen. I don't care if it's a good team or a bad team. You have a likelihood of losing that game. And the Lakers collapsed yesterday in the second half against the Pelicans. They lost 116-108. to 108. So let me kind of break down here because – it is a little confusing with the standings and where everybody is, but if I'd have told you a week ago that the Lakers have a legitimate chance of not making the playing tournament, um, I wouldn't have believed myself. And I, I have never really thought that the Lakers will not make the playing tournament. I've always kind of felt like they have a big enough cushion and, you know, Braun is going to be LeBron. Eventually, Anthony Davis is going to come back. The other teams that are behind them in the 11th and the 12th spot – Teams like Sacramento, 
and Portland and San Antonio. I'm not worried about those teams. Why should I be worried about those teams? Those are not good franchises. They're not good teams right now. Where we sit today, this is where the Lakers are in the standings. So I'm kind of just going to break down here how close are the Lakers to not being in this playing tournament, to not potentially making the playing tournament. The season ends two weeks from yesterday. So eight games left for the Lakers. This is where they are in the standings. Pelicans are a half-game lead in front of the Lakers for the number nine spot. So if the season ended today, the Pelicans would have a home game against the Lakers, a winner-take-all if the Lakers win that game, then they play the the loser of the 7-8 matchup between the Timberwolves and the Clippers. Where it gets interesting now, where I, I never really thought or paid too much attention to the teams behind the Lakers and the Pelicans, is the San Antonio Spurs. So even though the Lakers are just half a game behind the Pelicans, and the Pelicans now have the tiebreaker on the Lakers because they've won the first two games against them, they got another game coming up against the Pelicans on Friday. Um, the Lakers can certainly pick up a game in the standings in that one, but what they can't pick up is if both teams ended up with the same exact record, the Pelicans will get that tiebreaker. So that's where the Lakers are with the Pelicans. But who's right on their heels? It's the San Antonio Spurs who out of nowhere have won three games in a row. They're 30 and 44. The Lakers are 31 and 43. They are one game behind the Lakers for the number 10 spot. So in other words, the Lakers are one game away from not being in the playing tournament. And if both of these teams ended up with the same record, the tiebreaker goes to the San Antonio Spurs. So the Lakers don't have the tiebreaker against the Pelicans, and they also don't have the tiebreaker against the San Antonio Spurs. That's where the Lakers are sitting right now. Um, I've done this a couple different times. I go on tankathon.com, and you look at the schedule, the strength of schedule. It tells you in the final eight games, seven games, whatever it is, each team has a, a, a different total. Lakers have eight games left. Who's got the tougher schedule? Where does it rank in the NBA? And this is going to be very, very important because the Lakers may not make the playing tournament. Part of it has to do with they can't get any Ws. The other part of it could, definitely has to do with the strength of their schedule. Who are they playing on a night-in-night-out basis? So let me break that down real quick. Memphis has the toughest schedule left in the NBA. They have seven games left. They have the toughest schedule left in the NBA. Do you know who's number two on that list? It's the Lakers. So eight games left. Lakers still have a game against the Phoenix Suns, the Golden State Warriors, the Dallas Mavericks, the Utah Jazz, and two against the Denver Nuggets. And then the only lottery teams or teams that um, are well below 500 is the Oklahoma City Thunder, who have nothing to play for, and the Pelicans, who have something to play for. So most of these games that the Lakers have left are against really good opponents. There's a wrinkle to this I'm going to get into in just a second. The San Antonio Spurs have the 13th toughest schedule left. One against Memphis, Golden State, Dallas, Denver, and the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. And then they still have two against the Portland Trailblazers, one against the Rockets. So three games against really bad teams. And we know the Portland Trailblazers, how they've been playing. Houston's got nothing to play for. And then the last team is the Pelicans. They have the 23rd toughest schedule left in the NBA. One against the Grizzlies, one against the Warriors. They still got the Kings, two against the Blazers, one against the Lakers, and then one more against the Clippers. So um, that just gives you an idea here 
of the road in front of the Lakers, how difficult it's going to be to get the ninth or the tenth spot. And last night's game had so much significance. Um, and when you're up 23 points, you think, you just think for a second there at halftime, okay, Lakers will be fine. They're going to get this win against the Pelicans. They're going to eventually hold off the San Antonio Spurs as well. They're going to get the ninth or the tenth spot. That picture has completely changed. I want to do this when we come back. There's a couple things that obviously are going to dictate the rest of the way for the Lakers. One of those is going to be the teams that the Lakers are going to play against the rest of the season. How bad or how important is it for those teams to want to beat the Lakers, especially if the standings aren't going to mean anything, and I'll explain to you what I mean by that. Plus, we have an update on LeBron and Anthony Davis, and I'm going to share that with you guys in just a second. Um, the significance of both of those players and their health is obviously the rest of the season for the Lakers, so we'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. Brad Turner coming on in about 15 minutes. BT of the LA Times covers the Lakers for the uh, LA Times. Lakers got uh, a few games this week. They're cramming it in. It's another five games in seven days for the Lake Show. A quick reminder here, Valvoline Instant Oil Change, official partner of Lakers Talk here on 710 ESPN. Oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, and more. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out in about 15 minutes. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. So, I was talking about, and I'm going to give a quick update here on LeBron and Anthony Davis in just a second. Um, I'll do that in just a, just a, a quick sec here. I was talking about the Lakers and their chances of being a part of the playing tournament. You know what? you got to understand when you look at the strength of schedule. The Lakers have the second toughest schedule left in the NBA. But I think as big of a question that is, the teams they're going to face, where are they in the standings? Where are they going to be in a week a week from now in the standings? As in, are they in a spot where there's really nothing left to play for? I'll give you an example. Lakers got a road game against the Phoenix Suns next Tuesday, a week from tomorrow. Well, Phoenix is going to have their position already done. There's nothing to play for. Uh, they're going to have the best record in the NBA, and there is no risk of them losing that best record so are the Phoenix Suns going to play that game on Tuesday the way they would if it was game 60 of the season? I don't have that answer. The Golden State Warriors, the Lakers play a week from Thursday. Will they be locked into their spot? Right now, the Golden State Warriors, they're not locked into position. They've got a two-game lead on the Dallas Mavericks, so I'm sure they want to stay in that number three spot. Um, uh, let's see who else. The Denver Nuggets, will they be locked in? So I I'm just throwing teams out there. Uh, at least for the next week, we know that Pretty much every team has something to play for. Maybe Phoenix and the Oklahoma City Thunder, two teams on the Lakers schedule. They don't really have anything to play for moving forward. The question I think that's just as interesting is, are there going to be teams out there 
that understand that the Lakers are obviously fighting to be a part of this playing tournament. And this isn't one of those, well, teams want to eliminate the Lakers because they're scared to play them. Maybe there's a little bit of that. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, do you really want to face them in the playoffs? Um, are the Phoenix Suns worried about it? I don't think the Suns are worried about that, but if you told them, hey, you could go ahead and pick. You get the Pelicans or you get the Lakers. I'm assuming they'd rather have the Pelicans than the Lakers, just using that as an example. It could be Minnesota, it could be the Clippers, or it could be the San Antonio Spurs who are right on the heels of the Lakers. I think it has less to do with you fear the Lakers. I think teams just like hating the Lakers. I think fan bases would like to see their team eliminate the Lakers. It's the equivalent of the Yankees. It's equivalent of the Patriots. It's the equivalent of the Dallas Cowboys. There's some franchises out there. Um, you know, most definitely for them, they like seeing one of the Giants go down. and Or one of the more popular franchises is what, what I should say, go down. And that's not that uncommon in sports. And, you know, we'll see from this perspective if uh, – if that eventually happens or there's any type of game where guys teams are playing guys uh, just because they're trying to get the W, even though it's not going to be a significant change for them in the standings or it has zero effect on the standings perspective. And by the way, looking at the rest of the Lakers schedule, Lakers have Dallas tomorrow. Well, Dallas has a um, one-game lead on Utah, 4-5 spot. So obviously the game means everything to the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, they're also trying to catch the Golden State Warriors. Then the Lakers got Utah on Thursday. Utah trying to avoid falling to that number six spot where Denver is and also trying to move up and get home court in the first round if they play the Dallas Mavericks. Utah's got a lot to play for. I don't need to explain to you the Pelicans on Friday what they have to play for. The Nuggets trying to stay out of the playing tournament or maybe even move up to number five. Lakers got them on Sunday. I don't need to explain to you how important that game is for them. So at least over the next week every game that the Lakers have uh, against again it's five games in seven nights and it's four games over the next uh, six days here a at least over this stretch for the Lakers um, we know how significant these games are for every team that they're going to play and how impactful it is in the Western Conference standing so they're going to get everybody's best shot over the next week next week I cannot tell you because I think next week there is a question mark whether Phoenix is still playing for something um, or they're just they're good to go. They're, they're going to kind of mail it in here before the playoffs start. And same question for the Golden State Warriors, the Thunder, and we'll see where the Denver Nuggets are by that point as well. So uh, keep that one in mind. So we got a status report um, earlier today. The Lakers put out their status report, and you, you could arguably say the biggest question left for the Lakers – aside from the standings, aside from um, how difficult the games are and the schedule is, aside from what the Spurs do and what the Pelicans do the rest of the way, what is the health of LeBron James and Anthony Davis? So the latest we got today in a, in a status report is that LeBron is doubtful for tomorrow's game. Um. That's the bad news in this, that LeBron turning his ankle yesterday, doubtful for tomorrow's game. But at the same time, let me point something else out. You know who else was on that status report? Anthony, Dave, Anthony Davis is now listed as doubtful for tomorrow's game. So it looks like we're getting closer to Anthony Davis coming back. I'm going to read a, a tweet here from Dave McMenamin. Again, this was earlier this afternoon. 
Frank Vogel on the Lakers practice today. Anthony Davis went through a full live practice for the first time since he suffered the midfoot sprain. LeBron James used the practice uh, practice time to undergo treatment on the swelling in his left ankle. Both are listed as doubtful for tomorrow's game against the Dallas Mavericks. Lake fans, I, I know I don't have to explain this to anybody here. The Lakers are not a guaranteed to win any game with LeBron James, with Anthony Davis in the roster. We've watched that this year. The Lakers are obviously not a guarantee to win any game with just LeBron James. Look at how the Lakers have performed since the All-Star break. Uh, they've struggled, and even when they went 2-2, two and two, we thought, hey, this is the best basketball Lakers have played in a four-game stretch in a long time. We're trying to find some positives there, but the reality is they're not guaranteed to win any game, period. Fully healthy, a couple guys injured, whatever the case is. LeBron James and Anthony Davis doubtful for tomorrow. Um, the good news is is AD kind of moved uh, a step forward in coming back. The bad news is LBJ took a step back in it's not just the knee now, it's also the ankle injury that, that he suffered yesterday. There really genuinely is no conversation about this Lakers team if those two guys are not there and they're not uh, prepared for this final stretch. Now, maybe they both don't go tomorrow because it's the Mavericks and they're both not healthy to go. Maybe they don't go against the game at Utah coming up on Thursday. But the game coming up on Friday against the Pelicans, and then you'll only have six games left from there, there's legitimate concern that the Lakers being a part of this playing tournament is really, really in jeopardy. Because it's one thing as the Pelicans, they had C.J. McCollum that was out, uh, health and safety protocols, and Brandon Ingram was out. I think he had a hamstring strain. Uh, he was out for 10 games. These teams are starting to get their guys back. The San Antonio Spurs, uh, there's the why wouldn't you try to make the playing tournament? You're a young team, get some good experience, and the Lakers, with all the vets that they have, are hobbling, hobbling, trying to anything they possibly can to get to the playoffs, and it's just a, you know, obviously it's a bad sign for the Lakers. If I'd have told you before this year started, and this is the one thing that I think has been um, not just frustrating, but I think it's the, it, it puts a, it puts the season in perspective. If I would have told you what would have been a perfect season for the Lakers this year, part of my conversation in describing a perfect season for the Lakers is that they're healthy, specifically LeBron James, is healthy and ready for the playoffs. That you thought Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis can help carry the load if Braun is saying, guys, look, I'm in in my 19th season. I'm not trying to be here and play 42, 40 minutes a game, 37 minutes a game. Uh, I'm not trying to have games like that. Let me play in as many games as I can, but let me also be smart because this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. And it almost feel like the exact – uh, opposite has happened this year for specifically LeBron James. I know AD hasn't been there much this year. But for Braun, you've been playing in a lot of these games. You're averaging the third most minutes this season. You are 37 years old. And as the Lakers are limping into the playoffs or potentially in the playoffs just to get into that playing tournament, every day you're looking at that status report and saying, okay, well, how's Braun's – how is the swelling in his knee? How is his ankle? 
the bumps and the bruises that Braun is getting, and we haven't even started the playoffs yet, nor are we guaranteed a spot in the playing tournament, this to me would be the worst case scenario that you're looking at this Lakers season, that instead of Braun being ready and fresh going into the postseason, it's the opposite. It's wear and tear. It's he's playing 37 minutes. He's playing 40 minutes. He's playing 42 minutes. He's playing 45 minutes. And he's leading the league in scoring, which is all great and dandy, but unfortunately that's uh, that's not a luxury. That's a necessity. The flip side of it, I guess you could potentially say that, well, Anthony Davis should be coming back, and if he's healthy, he's got to be one of the freshest players in the NBA because he's only played X amount of games. We'll see if that obviously comes to fruition and if that becomes a, a benefit for the Lakers. Okay, Brad Turner from the LA Times. He's coming up next. I got a lot of questions for BT. Uh, he is in Dallas as well, so we'll, we'll get uh, the latest on that front. Uh, all that coming up next. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, welcome back to uh, Lakers Talk. We got uh, a regular, a frequent guest of uh, 710 ESPN here, Brad Turner, who covers the Lakers for the LA Times, who is uh, in Dallas getting ready for that game against the Mavs tomorrow. Uh, BT, number one, uh, thank you for uh, coming on the show. Always appreciate it. And Alan, you know, it is my pleasure, especially knowing that it's just you and I <laughs> <laughs> Two basketball savants. It's not that other guy, and we won't say his name. You know, he just uh, sometimes he interrupts us. He interrupts <laughs> us. Um, BT, yes, you know, does. we we were we were talking about it in the pregame show yesterday, and the hype that the Lakers and the Pelicans had going into that game. And I know that's a little weird to say because. These are two teams that are fighting for a spot in the playing tournament, but that's the scenario that we're mm-hmm. in. And the the fear of losing that game against the Pelicans was, well, not only do you lose a game in the standings, then they win the tiebreaker. And, oh, by the way, the mm-hmm. San Antonio Spurs are now right on your heels. And the yes. worst-case scenario I think happened yesterday where the, the Lakers not just lose the game, Braun has an ankle injury, um, like I mentioned, the tiebreaker and everything else. How do you, when the dust settled after that loss yesterday to the Pelicans and you had a 23-point lead, how do you look at the Lakers or view them as today? Was it was any of it a surprise or no, that's kind of the Lakers. This is what they've been all season long. That's kind of a two-fold question, Alan, and that they have been this way all season long, but when they took that 23-point lead, I kept thinking, okay, we see the real Lakers. Mm. And then they lose the game. I mean, they basically blow that game. LeBron gets injured. And now you're thinking that, man, they could miss the play-in tournament because LeBron is hurt. And we don't know the status on AD. That was yesterday. Then today we found out that LeBron and AD both are doubtful for the game, but AD practice, Anthony Davis practice, 
So now all of a sudden, you change. You have this hope again that, let's just say LeBron can't play, but AD can. And even if they have both guys tomorrow night, Dallas is playing for something. The Mavericks are trying to keep that fourth seed so they can have home court advantage, at least in the first round. But first off, the Lakers need both of those guys back. So there was some positive news today because um, Anthony Davis was able to practice. It's it's you know it's interesting too because BT you're right there's the good and the bad news the bad news is LeBron being doubtful um, and I I use the term doubtful that's what the Lakers status report is how mm-hmm. you know I, I I know for him it's yesterday he said that his ankle felt horrible he's had the knee swelling I was spending some time talking about this that you know we were all hoping that coming into this season that Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis if need be, can carry the load for most of the regular season. Just have Braun, you know, I'm not saying Braun's going to take a bunch of games off or anything like that, but I don't think anybody thought he was also going to be playing as many minutes as he has been, that as you're limping into the playoffs, it's not like the Lakers are fresh. No, no, no. Braun is dealing with some nagging injuries. I mean, I guess the Anthony Davis piece of it you could talk about and say, um, you could say that because he's played in such a limited amount of games this regular season, if he comes back okay from the injury, the ankle injury, and you mentioned that he, you know, full practice today, then one of your pieces could potentially be feeling good. The other one is still kind of hobbled. Are you looking at Braun right now and taking into consideration how this whole season has played out, how his body probably feels today? How big of that um, do you think plays a, a piece of the rest of the regular season? Allen is big because LeBron James himself has said he is not healthy, not 100% healthy. And, of course, no one is this late in the season. But he's played such heavy minutes that um, there's no question these games have taken their toll. I mean, you can't help someone stepping on your foot or, in this case, LeBron stepping on the foot of player in New Orleans. I mean, those things just happen, trying to go for a rebound. And the young guy, he just, and what do you do? I mean, that's just the way things have happened, especially to the Lakers. I mean, AD is going up for a lot, but he comes down on the foot of Rudy Gobert. That's right. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, LeBron is sort of jockeying down low, and he steps on the foot of Jackson Hayes from the Pelicans. I mean, in a millisecond, that one foot goes down before the other, and it rolls the ankle. And we're watching this happen. And I could think as you sat in the stands in New Orleans that it's the Lakers. There it goes again. It happened again to this team. And as Frank Vogel called it, they do appear to be snake bitten. BT, I, I'm I'm curious. You know, you just mentioned Anthony Davis, and uh, so he goes through full practice today. What, what, what do you think we expect? Like, I I know what we want to see from Anthony Davis. Um, I I know what version of Anthony Davis you got to have to really you know make any noise here. When I'm talking about noise, get into the playing tournament hold on um, to a, a playoff spot and then get a chance against the Suns. 
But what what do you what do you expect when when we get it, if Anthony Davis comes back here in the next couple of games or so? What do you expect the rest of the way from him? You, you got a chance to see him when he was at his best in that um, in in the bubble tournament in Orlando, and then you've also got the last you could almost say year and some change to see a player that I, I don't think has he's he's built such high expectations for himself. I don't think he's lived up to that. Um, what what kind of version of Anthony Davis do you expect the rest of the way? Wow. I don't know yet because I just can't imagine AD being a complete physical condition at peak level because you can't train and run and jump and play that way and then get into an NBA game where someone's pushing you, someone's shoving you. The intensity level is high. You're feeling stressed over situations. You just can't duplicate that. And I think he'll go through stretches where he'll play well, but maybe he'll get tired. I mean, I just looked at the game he came back a few months ago when LeBron missed the game at Philadelphia. AD came back after having missed several games, and AD was incredible. I mean, I think he had something like 30-plus points and 10 rebounds. So he was like, wow. He sits out for a, a few games, and he comes back, and he does that. Now, they lost that game, but that showed that, man, if AD is healthy and on his game, he can do some damage. We all know that. But what can he do this late in the year? Now, I would just say this. If he plays, then that means the medical staff, and more importantly, Anthony Davis believes he can play and be productive. Hmm. Yeah, BT, it's it's one of those things too. If we do see him back in these, and part of this is going to be, hey, can you ramp up? Get it? I mean, from a scheduling perspective, maybe they were a little fortunate when AD did injure his ankle that you were going into the All Star break that you still had. Um, you'd still be able to come back and hopefully have enough games to help impact the team, get into the playing tournament, and be fresh for it. So we'll see what happens there. Um, if you had to guess right now, just based on where the Lakers are, strength of schedule, uh, some of the health issues that the Lakers have, you think they get in the playing tournament, or do you think San Antonio uh, catches them? Man, there's so many levels to this. The Lakers have, I think, the second hardest schedule. Yeah, you're right. It is second. In the season. Mm-hmm. Right? They're right there behind Memphis, but hell, Memphis is so damn good. I don't know what's hard for them. That just seems to be. San Antonio, I think, was ranked as having the 18th hardest schedule. Correct. Yep. And they, they, they finished the year, San Antonio does, finished the year against some pretty tough teams, I think. The only problem would be is, I think they. Was it Golden State and Denver, a few teams like that? Some of these teams that San Antonio may face may not play all of their guys because they have they have their positioning locked up. You know, so we were all the beat reporters were trying to calculate what it would take. And we kind of came to the conclusion that the Lakers would need to win at least three more games. And then they probably could hold on to the 10th seed. I don't know if they can get the nine because New Orleans has a, a, a really easy schedule. But you know, San Antonio has Houston tonight. And then they get Portland twice. So you would 
almost would have figured those are three wins for San Antonio. So that just puts the pressure right back on the Lakers. And it also puts them on the Pelicans, but it puts a lot on the Lakers to have to win games. I mean, the Lakers, they get Dallas. Then they go to Salt Lake City. They come home and get New Orleans. They get Denver. They go to Phoenix. They go to Golden State. And bring us on and on and on for the Lakers. But if they want to be in a playing game to give themselves a chance to get into the playoffs, the Lakers have to win some of these games. Brad Turner from the LA Times taking some time to join Lakers Talk. Uh, always appreciate BT joining the show. BT, is there something to this? You know, you were just talking about how the Spurs may face teams that have already uh, clinched the playoff berth or already clinched the number two seed or one seed or whatever the case is. You think the Lakers are in a similar boat, or do you think because it's the Lakers? Let me use as an example: the Lakers still have the Phoenix Suns and the Warriors left on their schedule, right? And that's next week. By that point, I mean Phoenix is already it looks like they've clinched everything. Maybe by then the Warriors have already clinched, let's just say, the three spot. If teams mm-hmm. have already clinched, but they got the Lakers on their schedule and they have a chance to take the Lakers out, as in they're not going to have that opportunity to be in the playing tournament, <laughs> you, think, you think teams think about that because it's the Lakers? Oh, yes. Yeah, I think Absolutely. so, too. I think so, too. Unequivocally. Sure, why not knock out the kings of the NBA, the team that's tied – with the Boston Celtics for the most NBA championships, why not get them out the way and get make sure they don't get into the play the playing games? Because say they get into the playing game and they start playing pretty well, and then you might see them down the line in the playoffs. You don't want that. Like man, get them out of here. Send them home. Get them. Let them go to the club, man, or Hawaii, wherever they want to go. Just let's just dump these dudes. We don't want to see them even though they've had a tough season, because if it clicks all of a sudden and you're Phoenix or you're Golden State or you're Memphis or Dallas, whoever it is, if it clicks, you don't want to be that team to face these clicking Lakers. Although none of us have seen a clicking Lakers team this year, so we'll see. BT, I got a couple quick questions on the NBA real quick. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously on the Lakers front, they got the Mavs tomorrow. LeBron and Anthony Davis are doubtful. The good news is AD has been out, and now he's listed as doubtful. So that's a step in the right direction. Braun obviously dealing with a couple of injuries. So we'll see if either of those guys play tomorrow. Um, okay, the, the Phoenix Suns have been the class of the NBA. Look at their record. Yes, they have. Only 14 losses. Chris Paul was out. Now Chris Paul is back. I, I feel like they have everything they need to represent the West and go potentially win an NBA championship. Other than the Suns, I feel like after Phoenix, there's a lot of question marks after that. The Warriors' health is going to be a, a question. Also, some of the chemistry, too, I don't think has all been there. Do they have enough size? Um, Memphis, is there enough experience? Are they an experienced enough team to really make – significant noise in the Western Conference. Does Dallas have enough talent? Does Utah? After the Suns, who do you think is the team most likely to have a legitimate shot at competing in the Western Conference? Man, I would like to say Memphis, but I think they're just still too young and they haven't gone through that playoff grind. You know, what it takes to win, the pressure, the stressure, 
calls going your way, teams making shots, the adjustments teams make during a seven-game series. So until they get that experience, I'm not willing to put them there. I think, as you said about going to state, the health of Steph Curry, you know, Steph Curry, the lack of size, not having played together, that kind of knocked him down a little bit. I don't think that Dallas has enough. They need one more elite player like Luka. They don't quite have that just yet. And between Utah and Dallas, if they stay at four and five, one of those teams would knock the other out. Hmm. And I'm not totally sold just on Utah only because they rely so much on three-point shooting that it hurt them last year. I guess the Clippers, who were undermanned, right? You don't make those shots like you do during the season. So I just really don't see anyone in the West. I mean, Denver has the joker. He's great. But they're missing two of their top players. And so you can't really say them. I'm with you, BT. I mean, the way – that's why I'm trying to set it up that way. Phoenix – for me at this point, it'd be such a surprise. Now, listen, the Warriors could get healthy, and the Warriors, I think, are the one team that you would think, okay, maybe they could put up a shot, but that's changed over the last 30 days. So Phoenix seems like the team to beat. If I had to give you, BT, because so many teams are clogged in the Eastern Conference, if I had to say, hey, give me one team that comes out of the East, and and, and let me say, within a game of each other are the Celtics, the Heat, the Bucks, and the Sixers, Brooklyn – is currently sitting in the ninth place right now in the Eastern Conference, so they would have to win two games in the playing tournament to get out. If I said, hey, give me one team that you think comes out of the East, what's the one team that you think comes out? I'm going to say the Boston Celtics. Wow. Yes. They have put together the best record post-All-Star break than anyone in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Jason Tatum is playing his butt off. Their defense has been great. Jalen Brown is starting to do his thing. Although I think it looks like they may lose, lose their young center for a little while Yeah, now. Robert Williams, torn meniscus. Robert Williams? Yeah. You know, so that changes things now. You know, now, now that I think it over again here, now that changes things quite a bit over there. So maybe I need, maybe I should pull back on that. But but let, let me tell you something, BT. That's what I think yeah. makes this what's going to make this playoff run so exciting. Number of teams can oh, get yeah. out. Number of teams can get out. Specifically the Eastern Conference. So I think it's going to be uh it's going to be fun to watch it. And, and I know for basketball fans, I mean I know here in LA you want to see the Lakers a part of the mix, but the Lakers got to handle their own business. But either way, the NBA is uh, they're going to have some really exciting matchups coming up here in the next uh, couple of weeks. BT, I always appreciate it, my man. Thank you for doing this. I know you're out in Dallas man. and uh, finding the time to do this is much appreciated. And for you, my friend, it is my pleasure because, as I said, we've got two basketball savants and we're not being interfered by that other guy. Uh, BT, that's good stuff, buddy. Thank you, man. Uh, safe travels, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thank you, Alan. All right, that is uh, Brad Turner of the LA Times. Uh, always appreciate him coming on the show. Uh, got final thoughts coming up next year. I want to you know, kind of go a little bit deeper into the standings that we were just talking about. The Eastern Conference and the Western Conference, and it's not even just looking at, oh, who's going to be number one? 
Who's going to be four and five? Who's going to be six and seven? Who's going to be in the playing tournament? Who's not? All that is incredibly exciting. I want to go through that from an NBA perspective coming up next. Plus, we'll preview the Lakers and the Dallas Mavericks coming up uh, tomorrow. We'll do that coming up next. Stay right here. Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. I want to give uh, final thoughts here. So thank you again to Brad Turner of the LA Times. Uh, oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, and more. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out in about 15 minutes. Thank you to Valvoline Instant Oil Change, our official partner here at Lakers Talk. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. So BT and I were just hitting on a couple things here. Have you guys looked at the NBA standings? Have you taken a second to look at where everybody is in each conference? So I, I want to go through this. I know there's some games going on right now. Um, the fact that Boston has done what they've done in this short period of time, I think they're 22 and three or something like that in their last 25 games. Now there is some big news for the, uh, for the Celtics. Um, you know, the news of Robert Williams, who's going to be out for several weeks, I think was the, uh, was the story that we saw earlier today from Woj. So he's got suffered a meniscus tear in his left knee uh, Robert Williams III, so he could, he will miss several weeks at minimum is what sources are telling ESPN. So um, they've played unbelievable basketball. Miami has played awful basketball the last couple of weeks. Milwaukee is the Bucks. You know, that's the Bucks. Sixers, I think, are going to be, be in the mix there. Um, but none of those teams are playing unbelievable. You got really the top four seeds in the Eastern Conference that are up for grabs. Then you start looking at uh, look at the standings after that. The Bulls are in fifth. The Raptors are in sixth. And there's two games that separate number five in the standings to number seven in the standings. Okay, well, why is that significant? It's significant for a very simple reason. It's significant because you want the opportunity to stay out of this playing tournament where the Brooklyn Nets are going to be in. So the Nets right now, it's the Charlotte Hornets, the Brooklyn Nets, and the Atlanta Hawks are all separated by a game and a half of the number 8 to the number 10 spot. If you're in the number 8 spot, you only got to win one game. Obviously, Brooklyn right now sitting in the number 9 spot. They would have to win two games in a row. I just find it fascinating that everywhere you look in the Eastern Conference, uh, Eastern Conference the 1 seed not locked up, the 2 seed not locked up, 3 seed not locked up, 4th seed, fifth, literally go from 1 to 10, nothing is locked up at this point. That's uh, incredibly exciting, and I think it's going to make for an exciting couple of weeks here um, as we get closer to the uh, the playoffs starting. So the other side of it in the Western Conference, Phoenix has made the race in the West a little boring as far as the number one seed because they have the best record in the West and they have the best record in the NBA, and it's not even close. Give them credit. Give them props. Now, the Lakers still have a game coming up against the Suns next week. The question is going to be, is that a game Phoenix cares about winning or are they just going to give an easy layup for the Lakers and we know what dangerous territory the Lakers are in right now. Um, but after that, Memphis will lock up number two because I, I think the Golden State Warriors have been playing some awful basketball. What are they in their last 10? They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 while Memphis has won four in a row and they've won eight of their last 10. The, the question after the one and two spot is, are the Warriors going to hold on to number three? Four and five is separated by one game. That's the Mavs and the Lakers. Those are the next two games that the Lakers have, both of those games on the road. Denver 
is not only trying to avoid the number seven spot, which they got a two-game cushion right now on the Minnesota Timberwolves, but Denver's one game behind Utah. They could move up to number five. So I'm sure they'd rather face a team like the Mavericks in the first round than the Warriors, hypothetically speaking. Um, and then we all know that the race that's going on, Clippers will sit at the eighth spot, Pelicans, the Lakers, and the Spurs all fighting for nine through 11. I, I just find it so entertaining what the Lakers have in front of them, what the NBA has in front of them, that whether you're fighting for the playing tournament or you're fighting for a number one seed in the in the Eastern Conference, everything seems to be up for grab right now. The one and the two spot are really the only spots in the Western Conference that are solidified, and you could say for the Clippers as well, sitting in the eight, they're not going to go anywhere either. They'll need to win one of those uh, two games in the playing tournament to make the postseason. I guess the only question for them is, are they going to get healthy? Is Paul George going to come back? Those are some of the other questions that you can ask uh, in that regard. I gave an update a little bit earlier. If you're just tuning into the show right now, there is an update on the Lakers front, and there's an update specifically on Anthony Davis and LeBron James. So earlier today, uh, Dave McMenamin actually put this out. Frank Vogel on the Lakers practice today. Anthony Davis went through a full live practice for the first time since he suffered the midfoot sprain. LeBron James used the practice to undergo treatment on the swelling in his left knee. Both are listed as doubtful for Dallas. Um, there's good and bad news to that, and I put this out too, Lakers status report. The fact that Anthony Davis is on the status report as doubtful is an upgrade from where he's been. So I think we're getting closer to obviously obviously seeing Anthony Davis, but what has been a perfect example of the Lakers season all, all year long, take one step forward. I don't know how many steps you're going to take back, but you're definitely going to go backwards after that. Um, LeBron and AD listed as doubtful. We'll see if, uh, if, if both of those players are able to play within the next couple of games. That's obviously going to be significant to the Lakers trying to stick around in this playing tournament. The standings for the Lakers, I'm sorry, the schedule for the Lakers, they got a number of games crunched up here into a small window. Um, two more games left in the month of March. Dallas coming up tomorrow. Utah coming up on Thursday, both of those games on the road. The significance of playing the Pelicans again, that's coming up on Friday. And then the Denver Nuggets coming up on Sunday. So you play four games in the next uh, six days, I think it is, and five uh, five games in seven nights. I think the Laker, the last thing the Lakers need right now is all these games crunched together, especially with LeBron not 100%. But if you're going to make the playing tournament, you're going to have to beat good teams that are also fighting for some type of position in the standings. And there's no, obviously, locker guarantee for the Lakers that they're going to be in the playing tournament at this point, only a game in front of the San Antonio Spurs. Um, Laker fans, that hopefully gives you a good preview of what we got coming up for the rest of the week. I'll be back on tomorrow morning with Travis Rogers. We'll do our show from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Of course, you could also tune in at 6 a.m. in the morning tomorrow for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Uh, our pregame show, actually double-check this one uh, as far as uh, tomorrow's uh, tomorrow goes against the Dallas Mavericks. We'll start our pregame show at 3 p.m., and tip-off will be at 4.30, so another uh, early start for the Lakers. Uh, thank you real quick here to Michael Funches to Laura Romo, everybody internally here. So I appreciate everybody uh, being a part of the show. Uh, this has been Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN.